I've been asking a question of pretty much everybody I've been bumping into lately and getting some very interesting and really inspiring answers. So I'm going to give you the question and give you a heads up that after we read through this scripture and kind of dig into it, I'm going to ask each of us to like pair off in little groups. So maybe like, this is a group, that's a group, whatever. We'll find the old five or six and ask this question amongst your group. So be thinking about what this means for you because you'll have a chance to talk about and to hear from others what this means for you. But the question is kind of like a combo question. When you look back on your life, when were those times that you just loved God the most? When you felt it? When it was just so, 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 so good? You're like in the zone. And it didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter if good stuff happened, but you were good. And it wasn't like, yes, I understand that Jesus is the Son of God, and I can quote you whatever you would like from the... It was like, I feel it, and this is good, so you can say whatever you want. I don't care. I woke up today knowing that God loves me, and I love this God. That is a thing. If you have never experienced that, you need to experience it. You need to seek that out. And this morning with Jesus in the middle, I just want us to intently focus upon how good it is to just love God. Everything comes after that. We can get smarter about how to love God. We can get smarter about how to love our neighbor. We can develop, we can grow in maturity, but the heart of it is just, do you love God? Do you love him? Gotta love him. There has to be that heartfelt, man, I love God more than anything. Because if we spend all of our time saying, what more can I know about God? And if we spend all of our time saying, how can I help people? But it doesn't come from a place of just, I love God. It feels so good to be in love with God. Then it's all going to be empty learning and empty works. You don't have God accept you into heaven because you have a very big brain. You don't have God accept you into heaven because you can list off all the good deeds you did. Those are both forms of works. Learning is a form of works. I did this. I learned this. I know this. There's a pride in that. And I did this good thing. I did that good thing. Okay, so then what does that have to say about your soul? Aren't there lots of people that do good deeds and haven't given their heart to God? Absolutely. We're going to be judged by the condition of our soul. And that soul should be so in love with God that nothing else matters. Just loving God so much. So the question is, when have you felt like that in your life? And like, what brought you into that moment? What took you there? And are you there right now? Are you in a place right now where you just love God so much? So be thinking about your answer to that. Scripture has a lot to say about that. But it's been striking me that as we talk about love God and love your neighbor, that we need to kind of like back up a step and just make sure we understand we're talking about love here. We're talking about this wholehearted passion. We need to make sure it's love that we're pursuing. And then the things get built upon that. And so for our digging into scripture, there is a perfect chapter in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 10, and I just want to go through that one chapter with you, not even all of it. 
and I want to let the Bible speak. I don't have any wisdom for you this morning. I do not want to preach my thoughts. What I feel like my role is, is to point us to something that God says, like we sang, his word will not fail you. He has promised, believe him and all will be well. I believe and I know that if we connect with God, if we love God, if we invest, if he abides, if we abide, all will be well. That's where things start. That's where the Every blessing comes from that initial point of faith. So two weeks ago, it was Memorial Day. We preached on Hebrews chapter 11, right? Went through and talked about faith. Faith is not just thinking about God or believing in the intellectual sense. All these people were celebrated in Hebrews chapter 11 for their actions based on faith, their confident actions, all of them. It's just all stuff they did, and it's person after person. They stepped out in faith because they believed in God. So to go back to the chapter before that, is really, I guess, just crucial for us to recognize that that faith was based in love. And what does that love feel like? What does that love look like? Some of this sermon has been spurred on by uh, conversations I've had with some of us here in the church. We say, how are you doing spiritually? Right? That's kind of like a standard question. Christians, you should ask each other that question, by the way. That's what Christians should do. And we'll talk, that comes straight from the scripture. We're going to read that. We're supposed to ask each other how we're doing spiritually because when someone says to you, oh, I'm feeling kind of dry now. Okay. Okay. I don't want to leave you in that place. That's like you saying, well, I really can't pay the bills or I'm starving to death or I'm sleeping. Like we found out something so important is missing or is struggling. How can we help? We minister to one another. We ask someone, how are you doing spiritually? And they say, well, I really had this difficult situation happen and my heart is heavy. We minister to one another. You have to ask that question. It's crucial. So here in chapter 10, just read with me one little section. It's 15 to 18. That's the heartbeat of this chapter. That's the center. And then we can go back a little bit and forward a little bit and build on it. But on this Pentecost Sunday where the Holy Spirit came down upon those apostles in that upper room and sent them out in power and 3,000 people were saved and they were speaking in tongues and miracles and baptisms and just the power of the Spirit, here in Hebrews it talks about that event and I want us to identify with that event. Hebrews 10 verse 15 says, The Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. So the Holy Spirit says this, this is the covenant that I will make with them, the promise. After those days, meaning the old covenant up to Jesus, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their hearts and write them, my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Because where there is forgiveness of these, there's no longer any offering for sin no longer any offering for sin. There's no longer any rules, any laws of what you've got to do to make sure that you're good enough. How many of us were taught to be a good person growing up? Like, do the right thing. Don't do that. Do this. This is good manners. This is polite. This is how we talk to people. These are not things we do. Other people may do that. We don't do that, right? Your families talk this way. We try to raise our children this way. That's the law being given. 
Here, God promises that the law will be on our hearts, and there won't be any more sacrifice for sins anymore. It's not about making sure we do the right thing and then asking forgiveness when we do the wrong thing. It's about God just forgiving us once for all. That's what that table's about. Once for all, you're forgiven. All of your sins are forgiven. There's no more sacrifice for sins. That does not happen anymore. It happened once. It's done. And God gives us his spirit to live for. So we live on that spirit, what's inside of us, that word that we learn as we read, the word that's spoken directly to us. We live by the spirit, walk by the spirit. It's not about the laws of purity. It's about the purification of our soul from the inside out. And God says, I will remember their sins, their lawless deeds no more. After making this blanket statement, this huge general statement, the writer of Hebrews writes to these early Christians. They're writing to a Jewish background. It kind of ties in very interestingly to what we talked about earlier with John and his situation and just those of us who have Jewish relatives. The book of Hebrews was written to people who are both Jewish and Christian. They were believers in the Messiah, and they came from this Jewish background. So the writer is constantly drawing parallels and showing how Jesus fulfills all these things and talking about Jesus from a Jewish perspective. So he continues on right here in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, since we have faith, to enter into the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, through his flesh, through the cross, through communion, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of our faith. And with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water through baptism. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now skip down to verse 32. Remember, do you recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering? So after you came to know God, you had that moment with God. Remember that time after you endured struggling? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. Sometimes you were partners with those who were so treated. You had compassion on those in prison. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession, an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your faith. Do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. You have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. My righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, God says, my soul has no pleasure in him. Now here's the promise. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. But we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Because we have this connection with God, it's not about trying to like do everything right and be perfect. We have this connection with God means we recognize we are not perfect. We recognize he can make us pure despite ourselves. It's grace. It's always grace. 
So the smarter we get as Christians, the more humble we should get because we're recognizing, wow, God can love me that much. God actually gives me his spirit inside. And so what do we do because of that? Not about the rituals, not about those. What we do is we draw near to God. We hold fast to our hope. We stir one another up with love and good works. And we don't neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And we do this because we look back and we remember, isn't it so good when things are good with God? You can't, like, manufacture that either. For those of you that right in this moment might be in a place where, like, I kind of do feel distant from God. And I open my Bible, but I don't really get much out of it these days. Or I try to pray, but it kind of feels like I'm just talking to thin air. Like, I don't know what to do. If we try to muster it up, like, I'm just going to read more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try to do the right thing. It's not really the way you get through that barrier, is it? Because you've probably tried, and you know that that's not exactly how it works. Jesus goes through the barrier. He's open to the way, and he takes us through. So actually, the way you get through that barrier is just recognizing it's already been done. We can't do it on our own, and you ask Jesus to carry you through. Hebrews has lots of metaphors that build on that, but Jesus is essentially like a ferryman. He's carrying us through to the other side. You can't work your way across. You can't get there. But being with him, these things happen. So let me ask you, are you drawing near to God if you feel distant from him? Those times where you felt super close, where you're feeling God answering prayers, you just felt so in love with God. Did you draw near? That's how it works. Did you hold fast? Right now, maybe it's getting harder to have faith because there's challenges coming up. It's like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm fearful about job or family or faith or money or kids. Are you holding fast to the one who can carry you through? How about spurring one another on with love and good deeds? When's the last time you asked one of your fellow Christians here, what are you doing for the Lord? How you been serving him lately? Kind of like missional sharing, but one-on-one over a cup of coffee. Are you spurring one another? What if you said to your friend, the person sitting right next to you, before you or behind you, um, what have you done lately to kind of serve the Lord and get out there? And they said, you know what, not really. How would you spur them on? You know what spurs are, right? You ride horses, spurs, spurs, you dig them in and the horse jumps. How do we prod each other to get going? How do we say in love, come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's do this together. And what about the neglecting to meet one another? Do you feel distant from God? Well, when's the last time you got together and talked with a brother or sister in faith and just prayed? Are you coming together for worship every week just to be connected with others who are seeking the Spirit? Or are you drifting? Are you getting busy? If we don't have these elements here, we're not going to connect in that way with God. But it's always going to be an act of his grace. So if we want to draw near to God, we need to ask him to draw us near to him. So there's the promise at the end, right? We read it at the very last verse. We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and preserve their souls. If we have had that connection with God, that place, that moment, that time where he said, God, forgive me 
accept me. It's just by your grace. Then we will not be destroyed. We will not fail. We will not fall away. We may slip. We may stumble. But we will persevere because God has our soul already signed and sealed through the power of the Spirit. So, this is the point where I would like you to just think for a second and then talk with the people around you. I'd love for you to think about what it feels like for you to be connected to God. When, list even just one time where you felt the closest to God that you ever have. Because it's in remembering those times that we can remember how good it is to be with God. And if you're not in that place, say so. If you are in that place right now, say so. So as you pair up, it's kind of like a two-part question. What was it like for you in some time in your life when you were just so beautifully connected with God? And are you in that place now?